right. Good evening and welcome to the Across the Tracks podcast. And um, this is a I'd say a monumental broadcast for tonight because this will be the last show we will have before the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue vacates the premises here in a couple of days. So looking forward to that and also looking forward to a few interesting topics we're going to talk about tonight. And usually I am Wayne. And I am Steve. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. Yes, sir. So tonight, um, got a few interesting topics we want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the uh, the second impeachment of the current occupant that took place uh, this last week, and uh, we want to talk about you know a few other issues surrounding that uh, the the VP getting called out uh, by the current occupant, which I just thought was totally hilarious. And then uh, we want to wrap up this evening with a with a homegrown topic, and that concerns a All-American at the University of Louisville and an issue he has with the school. We're going to be talking about uh, Butch Beard and an issue that uh, has surfaced here last week uh, concerning his relationship with the University of Louisville. So that's what we got on tap uh, for tonight, my friend. And so... Um, I'll kick it off if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Go ahead. It's all yours, brother. All right. So <clears throat> we're getting close uh, to the time. I think uh, on your Facebook page, you've been counting down the day <laughs> till democracy returns. Yes, sir. And uh, democracy, uh, democracy. I think last week we said democracy was was taking some some heavy breaths here. Um, that it is on uh, a bit on life support. Uh, so we're hoping here in uh, three days that uh, we start anew, and uh, that will be the in uh, the inauguration of uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. So um, people are looking forward to that, at least I am, and I think a lot of Americans are looking to that uh, to put this nasty saga that has plagued us here for the past four years uh, it's time to uh, kick that down the road and let's move on and see if we can get the country back on track. So uh, this past week, uh, due to the current occupants involvement in inciting the mob that uh, uh, basically defaced, vandalized and uh, just, um, you know, rushed the Capitol building, the U.S. Capitol, he was impeached for the second time. And uh, he's always, you know, bragging about, you know, he's the greatest, I'm the best, this or that. Well, now he has a distinction that's all his own. He is the only president in U.S. history to be impeached twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. And so now we uh, we wait to see uh, what's going to happen with that because the House does the impeachment and the Senate has to have a trial. And so um, I don't know about you. I am a bit concerned. Um, Ten Republicans did side with the uh, Democrats in the House that they believe he should be impeached. But now we don't know what the Republicans in the Senate will do. And we've talked about this a few times in the past that at some point, uh, and some of the news people have said it, I think we've said it as well, at some point, these Republicans need to be called to task as to where do you stand when it comes to this point in history? Do you stand with the Constitution or do you stand with these insurrectionists, the, the domestic terrorists who basically defile the U.S. Capitol? Where do you stand? And I don't think any of them can shy away from that. It's put up or shut up time. And so that's what we're waiting for. Uh, Moscow Mitch is not going to call the Senate back into session until the day before the inauguration. So the odds of the Senate having a trial prior to uh, the current occupant leaving office uh, is slim to none. So um, that's where we stand with the second impeachment. Uh, I'm not sure which way. Uh, hopefully some of these Republicans get a conscience. And uh, they they joined the 10 other of their comrades to uh, to to convict this man, uh, have a trial and convict him of in, in, inciting an insurrection. So your thoughts. Yeah, their major problem is their own ego. I'm talking about the senators. 
there were 10 members of the House of Representatives that voted to impeach. As of right now, there are a few senators that saying that they would vote to con- to convict the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It boils down to courage. Uh, John Kennedy wrote a book called Profiles in Courage. Yep. Yep. These senators are going to have to do what's right for the country as opposed to what's right for their own personal reelection. That's what it's all about. They're concerned about their reelection. There are some members of the Senate that says that we are concerned about our own personal safety because if we vote to remove him from office, these militia, these proud boys, these Klan members, these far right people are going to come directly out after our our families. So they're using that as an excuse to not vote in favor of his removal, even though they know that he is wrong and so on. The next thing that I see with this situation is when is the impeachment going to start? They've been trying to pin down current uh, presidential elect Biden on his thoughts, and he's doing the right thing. He's saying all the right things like it's not my concern. It's the Senate's concern. It's Congress's concern. So he's walking that line that that's on them. My most excuse me. My most in, important thing is to get this economy back, to do something about COVID and so on. So uh, Jim Claiborne, uh, the uh, rep- uh, representatives from South Carolina, says that w- the, the hearing should wait maybe 100 days until after the inauguration so that uh, vice president-elect and the president-elect can get some of their agenda uh, passed through Senate since the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the presidency. However, my thinking is that go ahead and get it going. You can do two things at once. Right. You can have the impeachment in the morning and do business in the afternoon. I don't see why they can't. And the reason being is that hell as of right now, Wayne, they only work three days a week, (laughs) right? (laughs) They only work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hell Friday, they're out of there. Monday, they're come back in the session. So why can't they keep their behinds there from Monday through Friday? Why can't they keep their behinds there for the next three weeks, they can do that. Yep, absolutely. And 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 divide it up between doing business in the afternoon or in the morning, and doing the impeachment in the evening, or vice versa. They can do that. So those are the things that they can do. And the other thing that I think that's important here, since Moscow Mitch isn't in charge. During this impeachment, unlike the other one a year ago with Chuck Schumer in charge, they're going to have witnesses. Yep. The last impeachment, they said, we're not going to have any witnesses. Well, I tell you what, as far as when this starts, to me, if they take a little longer, take maybe three to four weeks then more evidence, more information is going to come out. More of these people are going to get caught up in the dragnet. Yep. We can find out if some of these congressmen uh, had their had their hand in the till, and they can be held accountable as well. Because the rumor is that when they attacked the place, they knew exactly where to go. And also there were some members of Congress that said that there were other members giving guided tours the day before 
the uh, attack on the Capitol. Absolutely. When when the Capitol building was closed to everybody. So some people feel that that was some intel going on. It also give us time to find out if some of the Capitol Police were uh, involved as well. So I think I don't care if he had 24 hours left. If you break the law, you break the law. Yep. You know, some people saying that, well, he's going to be out of office. Why pull him, put him through there? Lindsey Graham, you friggin' slap, slap dick. <laughs> you know, why let bygones be bygones. He's going to be gone. You know, if you get caught stealing, you get caught stealing. Right. If you get caught breaking the law, you get caught breaking the law. You know, how, how many people that are in jail right now that said that, you know, I broke the law, but I really didn't intend on doing it. And they put their behinds on trial yep. and locked them up. So I think the second impeachment trial, it should go forward. You know, let them get more witnesses. Let them figure out how they can do it. You know, impeach him in the morning and do business in the afternoon. Keep their behinds there an extra day or so so that they can get this get this thing completed. That's those are my thoughts. No, I whole, wholeheartedly. Um, you know, now people want to. Well, you know, he, he, come on. Like you said, he's going to be gone. What, what difference does it make? It makes a big difference. You cannot let this man walk away from this. Granted, the impeachment that's a mark, but you got to carry it through and, and you got to send a message because if they don't, I think we mentioned before, precedent is going to be set. If you don't take action against this, then you can't say anything down the road when some other president does a fraction of what this guy has done for four years. You know, if, if you don't take action now to impeach, convict and and put that put that put the hammer down on him. <clears throat> So, um, yeah, the evidence, more evidence is going to come out. You know, I don't know if you were watching news today or not, but uh, the New Yorker magazine floated a tape. They've got a tape out there that this journalist took. I mean, this this was heinous, man. This was a heinous act and it was incited by one individual. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, do not let him off the hook, man. Right. Do not let him off the hook. But we wouldn't be in this position. To, you know, impeach and possibly, you know, now we got to deal with the trial in the Senate, even though the, the Democrats do control the Senate. We wouldn't be in this position if the current vice president had the courage to do his constitutional duty. And uh, I thought it was funny as hell that uh, the president well, I said the word, man. Oh, <laughs> I said the word. I didn't mean to say it. The current <laughs> occupant. <laughs> The current occupant pretty much said, uh, Mike, it's time for you to be a patriot or a pussy. What are you going to be? <laughs> and I'm like, really? He actually called that, I mean, to his face. And it's like, dude, if you can't muster up some courage to say, you know what? Oh, I'm going to show you who the pussy is. I'm invoking the 25th Amendment on your ass. How about that? But he could muster the courage to do it after that. He's not going to do it because he's trying to play 2024. That's all he's trying to play. He doesn't want to be at that inauguration on uh, Wednesday either. He's just going to be there to say, you know, so that he can look good. Yeah. And that's all he's concerned about. He is he is the total opposite of the current occupant, but he's got a backbone like a chocolate eclair. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. A chocolate eclair. That's pretty good. He's, that's he's, pretty good. I mean, I, I guess the current occupant was right when he called him that because yeah. he is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, if you can't muster up some gumption, man, one, he incited a mob that they were like, where's Mike Pence? Hang Mike Pence. So they, yeah. if they had found you, <laughs> they'd have probably hung your ass. 
So the mob was sent, you know, there to find you and do you bodily harm. So that didn't give you any courage. I mean, and he's thrown you under the bus so many times. And here is your chance. Last week we talked about it. Here's your chance to redeem yourself. And you can't find the courage to do it. I'm sorry. To me, I don't. 2024, I, I think his name is Mud. Well, His hope name so. is Mud. What, what, what about Lindsey Graham? You know, yeah, last last yeah. uh, the, the Thursday after the impeachment vote, they were heckling him yep. as he was getting into the airport. Yeah. You know, and he was scared shitless then. And then he goes back to South Carolina, comes back on Monday and flies to Texas with the current occupant on uh, uh, yep. this past week. Yeah. And now he's saying in one thing, he's saying uh, I'm he needs to he's wrong. He shouldn't have done that. And now he's saying, oh, let's let's be kind to him because yeah. Yeah. he's going to be leaving office. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the Democrats. And because it's going to cause more people to be more divided. Well, we're already divided. They, right. The country is already divided. Right. You know, and he's. He he is. This is a football term. He is the biggest slap dick that that, <laughs> that there's ever been. Oh gosh. Slap dick basically means worthless as shit. Oh okay okay. There, there's another term that I used I developed I used to call people samps, which is sad ass motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely that. Because he. <laughs> He, he he changes his mind every two minutes, man. And it's like, dude, I mean, before he's like, okay, I've had enough. You know, we need, it's over, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day you're, you're siding with this guy again. And I mean, it's, I don't know, man. You None of these people seem to be able to muster up an ounce of courage to do what they know is right. And, and it's, 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 I think it's timely that um, it's MLK weekend. Um, Dr. King's birthday was Friday, and tomorrow we celebrate the, the King holiday. But I think Dr. King talked about, you know, conscience, you know, having a conscience and, and doing what is what is right. You know, conscience sometimes takes many forms. But the, the main thing about conscience is conscience should demand that you do the right thing. Correct. And all these people... Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Hawley, this crazy ass woman we got out here in Colorado, um, and people that voted for her. Now they realize, man, she's an embarrassment. Mm. You know, they, they've been they've been on TV and commercials like this lady's an embarrassment to us. You know, because she does, she's the ones give up her gun. And I mean, you should have seen some of the commercials this crazy ass woman had on out here when the election was going on. How she was going to go to D.C. and she was going to take on AOC and Nancy Pelosi and all these things. We're like, man, AOC would probably whoop your ass if (laughs) if she saw you somewhere because you out here in the middle of cornfields and carrying on and ain't nobody around. And she's always packing a gun and everything. And it's like, lady, please. So she's another one. And then like all these people, man, where is your conscience? That's that's what I don't get. Where is your conscience? And, um, you know, you've taken an oath. You violated your oath. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to spur these people to, to, to do the right thing. I really don't. At this point, I don't. I really don't. Well, they're cowards. They're looking out for their own pocketbook. Yep. You know, they're yep. looking out for that, you know, $174,000 a year and then all the perks that go along with that and then all these big corporations uh, to add to their reelections, yeah. and yeah. you know, this past week, a lot of these corporations have jumped ship. Absolutely, you know, because they see how stupid the current occupant is, and they should continue to do that. When when President Obama had a fit about Citizens United and how it's going to influence and change the elections. He was co- completely correct. So now big business, who's always been in the, the, the pockets of uh, the Republican Party, they they simply 
can control those things. And these people that aren't showing courage, all they're looking for is the next payday. That's all they're looking for. You know, once you get there and, and it's perpetual running for office, especially if you're in the House of Representatives, because right. you have to run every two years. Right. You right. never stop <clears throat> com- campaigning. Right. You know, that person that's in Colorado, the crazy QAnon person, she's yep. already campaigning. She's yep. already making money from this. Yep. Yep. She, she's an embarrassment, man. I, I, we, we're like, man, somebody needs to punch her in the face, man, because she, <laughs> she's stupid. She's stupid as hell. And I mean, she's and an that, embarrassment. Is, is she the blonde or the, the brunette yeah, woman with the, brunette, glass, uh, Bo- with the glasses? Yeah, she's the brunette. Bobert is her name. Okay. Man, she uh, she was she was I was watching some of the telecasts of the speeches that was going on. And then when Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, that idiot. There's another one we need to talk yep, about. There's another one. When he was up speaking, she was sitting right behind him. Yep. Yep. That's her. And she only like she weighs about. 20 cents. Yeah, she weighs, I think she weighs 100 pounds soaking wet, something like <laughs> yeah. that. And you so know. he 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 decides to say that, you know, what we what we did, you know, the president was wrong. And he says all those things that everybody knows about. And then he tries to comb it over like a bad toupee, <laughs> you know, and, and try to hide behind his words that's yeah. coming out there. And she yeah. was sitting back there and you can tell she started looking around like, is somebody going to say something? Is somebody going to say, because he's saying just the opposite of what, what we, w- yeah. w- what we're saying. Yeah. And she was, I think she was going to speak next or something yep. like that. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And yep. so, uh, and then she got up there and said her, you know, clown car stuff. So yeah. she's just, all mouth. They're, they're hypocrites. Yeah. Uh, they need yeah. to vote. They need to vote for the Constitution and not for their own pocketbooks. Yeah. That's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, that's it. So what? That's so he's removed from office. So he cannot. The best thing that they can do is convict his behind and then vote for him never, ever to hold public yeah. office again. Yeah. Then yeah. that would take the monkey off. They would take the monkey off their back. Right. I, I should. Let me change that. If they vote. For him to be removed from office, they're taking the monkey off their back by doing so and voting for him to be eliminated from running for public office. That's taking the gorilla off their back. Yep. Because if they would have done that from day one, they could have eliminated his bullcrap. Yep. If they would have stood up for him. Yep. Again, I don't, yeah. I don't care how popular he is. Yeah. You know, you got to do what's right. Yeah. They have had no courage for four years. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of them know it in their heart of hearts. They know. And it's like, at what point are you going to stop being scared? OK, his Twitter account shut down. He can't hurt you. He can't tweet you no more. He can't tweet anything bad about you anymore. So what are you afraid of? You know, do the right thing that your oath requires. You raised your hand and said you would support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So we had an act of domestic terrorism, which was incited by the current president of the United States. If that isn't, um, you know, defending against, uh, you know, enemies that are right here on your home turf, then I don't know what is. So some of them need to look in the mirror. They need to look real hard and like, look, muster up some courage. Or like you said, I think last week we said, we need to send you to, to Oz, man, and, and meet the wizard and get some courage like the cowardly lion. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they're, they're just spineless, man. Yeah. Spineless. Yeah, they're, they're vampires. So yeah. w- when they look in the mirror, they don't see anything. Right. <laughs> That's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. <laughs> you know, coming back from our old school days, you know, looking in the mirror, you don't see a vampire. So they're not going to see anything. They're not going to see yeah. themselves because yep. vampires don't see themselves. Well, I, I think history will remember. Uh, remember the people that voted to do the right thing. And I think history is going to remember the folks that look the other way. And then uh, when you go back to your constituents, 
to seek their vote. I think I think overall, I think a lot of people believe in democracy. They believe in the sacredness of democracy. They respect it. They know what it what it means, uh, what people have fought and died for, you know, for this country to be the way it is. And being a, a turncoat and a traitor, I, that just I don't think it sits well with a vast uh, number of people in this country. I, I don't think so. So you're going to be remembered one way or the other as to how you responded uh, in this time that uh, we're going through right now. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, but for, oh, go ahead. You know, there's there's a correlation to what we're talking about right here, and that is the people that that went to the Capitol building and stormed it and so on. There is within the this country groups of people that are afraid that they're going to lose their slot in society. Yep. That's why you have these militias. That's why you have the Proud Boys. That's why you have the Boogaloo Boys. That's why you have the neo-Nazis. These are people that see that America is changing. They've been in control of this country since 1619, before it was a country. And they're seeing that it's possible that they're going to have to share power. Yep, that's yep. what they're afraid of. Absolutely. You know? And that's that's their excuse for doing this. So yep. therefore, you know, some of these stupid MAGA people who let's let's go to the White House, let's go up there, and they got roped into it, and then their emotions for some of them, their emotions got ahead of them and said, you know, we're going in. And people like Mike Pence, if if the one uh, police officer, uh, Officer Goodman, I think his name, didn't lead those people the way he led them, they were just a couple of seconds away from finding Mike Pence yep. down that corridor. So, yep. you know, if you're going to give somebody a presidential award or a citation, that guy should be given an award because Absolutely. he Absolutely. literally forced that group of people to follow him and away from them, led them away from where the senators were and where the vice president was. You know, congressional honor, that guy gets, he should get one. Absolutely. He, he, you're, you're absolutely right, man. If anybody deserves a, a, a medal to be honored, it's him, but he's not going to get anything. I mean, I'm sure people congratulate him, thanked him for doing what he did, but it would have meant, it would have meant a lot more if it had been done out in public. Um, you know, like you say, president, presidential medal of freedom or something that, that regard, you know, this guy saved, literally saved the VP's life. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure Pence knows that I'm sure I'm sure he's been told that this officer, you know, his his actions, you know, a few minutes more one way. You might have got caught. <laughs> you yeah. might have got caught. And I'm sure Pence. I'm sure Pence probably called him. You know, I, I, I think he's decent enough to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. But uh Yeah. I, I thought for sure, man. I thought for sure my man is going to rise to the occasion and he is going to invoke the 25th Amendment. I'm like, yeah. all right, my man, do the right thing. And he punked out. Yeah. He As I punked said, out. The sad part is that his ass may come back to Indiana. Yeah, you guys should close the border. <laughs> his ass in, man. Yeah, I, I mean, you you could have stopped a lot of this. You you could have stopped a lot of this, man. And I think you know if you had any any idea that your career was going to continue, this might have this might have saved your career. This might have spurred your career on to something else. But you couldn't find the courage to do what the Constitution gives you the power as the VP to do. You couldn't do that. That's another fallout. Not finding the courage is another fallout because he's only thinking of future positions. Yeah, yeah. and that's if, sad. If there's sad. so many crazy people that love the current occupant so much, then 
they're not going to vote for me in 2024. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's why he didn't do it because he's, he's a political chump. Yeah. You know, I mean, your, 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 your partner, he told you, man, if, if, if he doesn't do the right thing, I'm not going to like Mike very much. It's like, dude, come on. What, what more do you need to hear? This guy doesn't care about you at all. All he wants you to do is do something illegal that's going to help him. Forget about the fallout that you're going to endure once you do it. All he cares about is you do his bidding. And this was your opportunity, and yeah. you blew it. You blew he's it. He's a user. He yeah. is a user. Yep, big time. And big time. That's all he's concerned about. You know, the current occupant. He uses yep. people. Big time. He he. You know, whipped those people into a frenzy. We're gonna walk down the. Dude, you ain't walking nowhere. He I was knew. nowhere to be seen. <laughs> he man. wasn't gonna do that because he wasn't a gonna do a damn thing. No. And it's like, dude, you're not a leader. Like, like you know, we've been texting me and a, and a couple of our neighbors. We've been texting back and forth all day about, you know, the now that, you know, things are winding down. And it's like this dude, he has he has no more. His moral compass is totally skewed. Um, he cares nothing. We, it's been shown, and people still can't see it. He only cares about himself, and the results are in his favor. As long as the results are in his favor, it's good. But if you do anything that goes against the grain that's that's not for him, then you're on his shit list. And it's been like that for four years, man. And these crazy people still can't figure that out, <laughs> that this guy will throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. Yeah. So all these people that the FBI, they're knocking on their doors now with arrest warrants. I remember early in his in his campaign, if you get arrested, I will pay your fees. I will pay your all this food. Where is he now? He yeah. is going on about his business here come Wednesday. He's going to sneak out of town uh, early Wednesday before Biden gets sworn in. He's going to slink out of town. And and take his ass back to Mar-a-Lago. And it's like, good, you know, just go away, man, because you're a coward. You've been a coward for four years and you've used people. Like you said, you have used people just just uh, it's just terrible. It's terrible the way he has used and abused people for four years. Yep. So we will be free come Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon. <laughs> <laughs> we will be free and uh, we'll see what the next chapter is. Um, you know, he's not going away, uh, but you won't be the current occupant anymore. And, uh, you know, you and your family and and all your foolishness uh, go away. And I'm sure there are a lot of people waiting for that. Uh, the DA in New York is where the attorney general rather in New York is waiting uh, and probably a few other people are waiting. He's he's in debt up to his his eyeballs. And so he's got a lot of problems he's going to have to deal with once he is a private citizen again. So I, I, I hope people put the screws to him big time, big time. So any other parting shots before we no. move to our last no. topic here? No, nothing, nothing. We beat that horse. Beat that horse. We've been beating that horse for almost three years. For almost three years. (laughs) Because it's not as though, you know, you weren't being provided a lot of ammunition. (laughs) You're being provided ammunition every week. You know, so good riddance. And uh, we can move on to a brighter day. So so our last topic for tonight, uh, as we inched Closer to the top of the hour, getting close to that top of the hour. We got a homegrown story uh, that popped up this week, and uh, I saw it. I was out reading uh, one of my news feeds, and I saw an article that said um, University of Louisville All-American has an issue. He doesn't want his name uh, to be utilized uh, in any recruitment. He wants his um, name taken down from any records that he may have had at the school. He doesn't want any association with the school anymore. I'm like, what is this article? And when I opened it, uh, it was about Butch Beard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've talked about Butch Beard. We talked about him on one of our earlier uh, earlier podcasts, I believe. Right, right. Uh, yeah. 
But Butch Beard was an All-American at uh, the University of Louisville. I remember watching him play. Uh, I think that was back during the, I think John Dromo was the coach back then, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before the Denny Crum era at, at UofL. Uh, but Butch Beard, Wes Unsell, uh, those teams, um, they set the standard for UofL basketball. So uh, the issue that has uh, popped up uh, with Butch Beard and the school is the fact, one, he doesn't feel they're properly honoring Wes Unsell. And I totally agree with that. Uh, have not seen or heard anything that the school has done uh, to honor uh, Wes Unsell, who was a hell of a player at L and went on to be a, a great pro and, and is an NBA Hall of Famer. Yep. And then um, Mr. Beard really doesn't like the way the school has been treating the athletes. You know, once once they are no longer part of the school environment, uh, it's like they are not being uh, offered opportunities to come back into the school to be a coach or whatnot. They're not getting those opportunities. So I, I read the article and I'm like, you know what? He's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, I'm a U of L fan. U of L. U of L basketball. I'm a, I'm a Cardinal fan. I and we've talked about this. I cannot stand UK. Yeah, me uh, either. I'm a, I'm a diehard U of L fan uh, basketball and and followed them all through their you know the the Butch Beard era, the Junior Bridgman, the Daryl Griffith era, all those great teams they had. Followed those guys. Um, so my my feelings are a bit like, hmm. <laughs> so um, did you get a chance to read the article? And so what What was your take on it? Yeah, I, I did. I read a couple articles from different newspapers okay. that dealt with uh, his situation. And some of it was national news. So I rummaged through the Internet and found the Courier Journal since it's yep. right there in Louisville. Yep. And it basically said the same thing. I, I think a lot of those other news organizations got their information from the Courier Journal. Yeah. I I am with you with the fact that we did not grow up being UK fans. We hated them because of Adolf Rupp. They didn't <laughs> yep. re- they didn't recruit any black folks. Your your choices of playing college basketball was to go to Western or U of L or to go out of out of um out of state to an HB CU. You mean you could go to Kentucky State? You could play. go to K State. Yep, yep. Yeah, you can go there and play. But we, you know, growing up, he went to Breckenridge County High School. Yep. Which is, uh, I think, is Hardinsburg. Hardinsburg. Yep, absolutely. Hardinsburg, uh, which is just northwest of Etown. Yeah. You know, not that I far. think it's, I think it's just, just a little bit west of Meade County. Yep. And uh, I remember watching him play. I remember him coming to the Armory and yep. playing Etown Catholic. Yep. In in some games, and I don't remember him playing Etown, but remember that group of Butch Beard and and Wes Unsel going to Louisville and putting Louisville basketball uh, on the map because they were good. I think he uh, he averaged like 19 points a game. Yep. For yep. a career. And, and for a career, yeah. And keep in mind that freshmen didn't play back That's then. Right. That's right. So and I, I think he played, I don't remember exactly the number, but he played for several NBA teams. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I want to say he's, he played with um, – I don't remember. There's one team he played with for like four or five, six years. Yeah, I thought uh, I, I know one of the teams he played with. I thought he he played with the New York Knicks. He did play with the Knicks. And he played with, I thought it was that Nick team. Uh, who was on that team? I don't know if it was the. Um, oh, what's my man? Um, the 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 video they always show Willis Reed. I don't know if Willis it was Reed. Willis Willis Reed era Knicks. But I know he played for the Knicks, and yeah. uh, like you say, played for two or three different teams in the NBA. Right. But but he know. had a he had a decent career. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, he didn't. I mean, I think he got hurt. Uh, looking at some yeah. of his stats, he got hurt maybe one or two years, yeah. and his stats were down. I think his yeah. his rebounds was down, and his steals were down, 
And I think that was the same thing that happened to him in U of L. But anyway, he had a a good point in the fact that not only is U of L not respecting those student athletes' rights, but they're not also going after and hiring minorities to be their coaches at the yep. university. Yep. I think there is one minority coach who coaches. Tennis, I think. Tennis. I think it's a tennis coach. Wow. It's the only minority coach at the University of Louisville. Wow. That's today. And he he feels that U of L hadn't done that as well. So if you're not doing the right thing for these student athletes that's come here, and you're not hiring folks that are can possibly help in changing the the attitudes and helping these young people out, then you're not doing what's right. You know, okay. Charlie Strong was the last black coach at the University of Louisville. And he decided to go to Texas and he lasted at Texas for what, two years? Yep. Yep. You know, and Texas was in a horrible situation. And whenever that happens, that head coach is not going to make it because you know you're talking about Texas football and Texas right. football you're supposed to win and right. you can't have losing seasons and survive down in Texas football so Charlie Strong was he lasted a couple of years and he was done yeah you yep. know so i agree with Butch Beard in the fact that you know this is what the university should be doing do the right thing for these student athletes for sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's not as though they hadn't had opportunity. I mean, after uh, after the Denny Crum era, um, I don't know who became the coach after Denny Crum retired. Well, I take that back. Well, we know, you know Rick uh, Patino. Rick Patino came in. Right. And that, you know, that that didn't, you know, we saw what happened with that. Uh, but you've had a lot of quality guys that came through that program uh, that were Coach material. I, I, a name that comes to mind was Jerry Eves. Yep. Um, Jerry Eves. Um, you know, coach material, coach on the floor, dynamic point guard. You know, uh, what happened to Jerry Eves? I mean, he 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 was around college basketball for a while. I think he did get a job somewhere, but it's like you got a lot of got great guys that came through this program that would probably be good coaches. And you know, on a grander scale, man, I think. Uh, you know, if we're talking about, you know, let's let's just throw it out there. You got a lot of open vacancies right now in the NFL coaching, and I'm 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 curious to see how many black offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators get an opportunity to be a head coach for some of these teams. Because what I'm seeing so far, I'm not seeing that anybody's getting picked. You know, they yeah, they, may be, they may be getting interviewed. But so far, I have not seen anybody getting picked for some of these jobs that are open. I was looking today as I was watching the Kansas City game before yeah. starting this, and they had a, a ticker tape at the bottom of jobs in the NFL. Yeah. And I think there was one. I can't remember the name, but I think there may be one. One. And then, of course, they – uh, Jacksonville gets Urban Myers. Yeah, give, I, I saw them like, are you? I, I yeah, wanted to puke, man. I am. I've never been an Urban Meyer fan ever in my entire life, and I've coached football and I've gone yeah. to clinics all over the country. Yeah, and I've never been an Urban Meyer fan. It's like, so, dude, my, my 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 thing was you 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 got out of coaching because your health was so bad. You know, you 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 left coaching because of your health. And so isn't is your health not your priority anymore? I mean, it, it kills me, man, that they go get these guys and he's never played a down in the NFL. But he gets a job as a head coach, never played in the league, never took a snap as a quarterback, never tackled anybody as a defensive person, whatnot. And you got a lot of these black guys who've been offensive coordinators for years and years and years, and they don't get a shot. Right. I, it's like it makes no sense to me. And then people say, well, you know, they got an interview. Bullshit. I mean, the the, the league says you have to interview people. doesn't say you got to hire them. Right. So that's a sham to me as well. 
But when I saw that, and it's like, are you kidding me? You go pull a guy out from that, that hadn't coached in co- left college and hasn't coached in what? He stepped off the field in what, 2014 or 15 or something like that? Mm, yeah, I think Somewhere Ezekiel, in that neighborhood? Ezekiel, it's been five years. It's been about five years. And you're telling me you can't find a qualified black candidate that's an offensive coordinator, defense, whatever, and give them a shot at that at that head coaching job. That we we it never happens. Well, and when they when they do, Wayne, when they do, they give them a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Todd Bowles, they gave him a year. Yep. You know, uh, what's his name had the longest career as a head coach, and that was um, I can't think of it from the Raiders. Uh, um, Raiders. Art oh, Shell. Uh, yeah, Art. Yeah, yep. Art Shell, I think he was in the league as a head coach for maybe five or six years. Yeah. But the yeah. rest, they give them, they give them a year, yeah. give them two years, and you expect them to turn it around. Well, if the team sucks before the guy gets there, the team is going to suck when they're while that other coach comes in. Right. Right. You know, it sometimes it takes time to get that organization turned around and it starts from the top down to the bottom. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we just, yeah, we don't get that. We don't get that consideration. Yeah. Know? Right. So, you know, that, Eric, Eric B enemy, Eric B enemy. Yep. Who, who should be a head coach next year. I mean, yep. he's literally calling Kansas city's offense. He's been the yep. offensive coordinator for what? Yep. Three years yep. or, or longer. Three years or longer. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's like um, I can't think of the guy that was uh, uh, Hamilton that was here at the Colts for a while. He was their offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of his first name. Pep Pep Hamilton. Okay. I think he he was out at USC or uh, UCLA and did well. Came to the Colts. Now, of course, this was after Peyton had left. Yeah. And so whoever. Uh, followed uh, that situation because the Colts were on the way down because Peyton was the offense, and they had Caldwell. Yeah. For yep, Jim a, Caldwell. Uh, yep. For a couple years, they got rid of him, and then the next year he goes to Baltimore and is the offensive coordinator and wins, you know, the Super Bowl. The following years he goes to Detroit, and in Detroit he's there for three years and never have a, a losing season. And they get rid of him after three years. Yep. Yep. You know, so, you know, I used to be a big time Colts fan. I'm not a Colts fan that much anymore. I don't. I, they did. They did Caldwell wrong. They did Peyton wrong. They did Pep Hamilton wrong. And they just made stupid decisions. So the 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 young, <clears throat> excuse me, the young man that was the quarterback, he was, he was the brother. He was the quarterback. Yeah. Yep. What happened to him? He's still on. He's on the team. Okay, I thought they he's traded the him or something, brought nope. in Rivers or something. He's a, he's the backup. Wow. That's another reason. Wow. <laughs> because the 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 guy when when last year the Colts started off five and two. Okay, he was a quarterback. He gets hurt, and then you know. He comes back and he was never the same because he, you know, tore an ACL. Right, right. And so they didn't have a a good backup, and the Colts have never had a good backup. And so they brought him back in, and they end up losing out. And so I knew as soon as that happened that they were going to either get rid of him or bring somebody else in, mm. because this is Indiana. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yep, yep, yep. I know <laughs> what you're saying. So uh uh Jacoby Brochette, he's yeah. he's the backup. And Philip Rivers was only here for one year. He only signed a one year contract. Okay. So who knows what's gonna happen next year. Well but it's 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 to me it's just it's this, it's across the sports. Football, football and basketball primarily because a lot of those, both those sports are majority, the players are black. Yeah. And when you look at 
the number of head coaches that, you know, lead teams in a league that's 75, 80% black, you're like, what the hell? You know, I mean, and it's always the same as you. Well, they don't have head coaching experience. But yet you bring a guy to college that wh- – where did he get his experience from? College is not professional. Right. I don't care at any level. College basketball is not pro basketball. And you're a football guy. Pro football is not college football. But they get the nod all the time. And um, I- I'm just curious as if, if Eric Bieniemy is going to get a job. I'm curious if he's going to get offered a head coaching position. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, it's shameful. It is shameful, man. And, you know, the when I saw that Urban Meyer thing, I'm like, give me a fucking break, man. <laughs> give yeah. me a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, hey, that's America, man. As, as Childish Gambino says, this is America. <laughs> you know, this is America. So, yeah. well, any other closing comments, my friend? Um you know, we'll watch that U of L situation. Um, but I, I, to me, that's 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 a, says a lot, man. When one of your all Americans doesn't want anything to do, they take me off of everything. <laughs> they they want nothing to do with your institution. That says a lot. That says a lot. So yeah. the president's trying to do trying to do something. Yeah. But she, I think it's a she. She's kind of stuck. Yeah. You know, uh, she's kind of stuck. She wants to do as much as she can possibly do, but she doesn't want to take out all the stops to yeah, help yeah. this guy out. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, but you're using this guy to recruit and all this other stuff. And he's saying, like, look, it's 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 a it's a, it's a two way street here. You know, I'll do what I can for the university. But, hey, you, you need to do some things as well. And so I'm like, wow. I'm like, I, mean, I agree with you, brother. I totally agree with you because we see there's a disproportionate um, manner that uh, coaching, you see how players are treated once they leave university after you've got all you can out of them for, you know, now it's a lot of them are one and done, but still um, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not right. It's not right. So right. we'll watch that. See what, see what happens as, uh, as the weeks unfold. So, uh, last comments, uh, as you said, tomorrow is MLK Day. Um, any reflections on MLK Day for this year uh, in lieu of what's going on, uh, the swirl that's going on in America right now? What What would you think Dr. King would say if he was alive today? Ooh, well, <laughs> he would be out there marching with everybody else. Uh, he would be part of Black, Man, uh, Black Lives Matter. He would be a person that would be um, against all this craziness that's going on. I think by now he would be holding public office. He would have been held holding public office uh, for a while. And I think he would continue to fight. Uh, Tomorrow is the official uh, holiday. Yeah. And a lot of people like the idea of having days of service in, yep, yep. in his name. I've gotten a few letters from uh, the, the uh, president-elect and so on about, you know, finding a place for service. And they even listed some areas in, right here in Indianapolis that are having uh, public service yeah. uh, opportunities tomorrow and so on. So with with that in mind, it's just the fact that this guy gave his life at age 39 to do what's right for this country. And a lot of the progress that was made under uh, his time period, during his time period, is starting to slide back. You know, one of the top things is the Voting Rights Act. They've literally torn, torn that apart. And the uh, issues with civil civil rights uh, has caused issues, would have caused issues if he was still around today. Uh, A lot of these police officers and public servants people, uh, I think he would have had a different take 
on some of this stuff that's going on. It's just like the situation at the Capitol. You know, they talk about wanting to protect police officer, blue lies matter, mm-hmm. you know, the thin blue line, and then they're beating the hell out of yep. police officers. Yep. So I think he would have stood up for, even for the officers, even though with all this uh, stuff that's going on with, you know, unarmed uh, folks being shot by police officers, I think he would have even stood up for them. So if you're out there, try to Try to think in the positives. Just try to think in those terms yeah. in which he would be uh, challenging us to do and know that we can get better as a democracy, know that we can get better as a republic. And we have to figure out if we're going to fight for the country or allow a small minority of crazy people to control things within this United States. Yeah. We do have domestic terrorism going on in the United States. And we need to put that in the books and stop being afraid of it. You know, there are people that say that, no, we shouldn't use the term domestic terrorism because it's going to make people think that they're going to be violent towards them. Well, the heck with that. These people are violent towards the government. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are my thoughts. So yeah. if you're out there, if you can do those things, that would be a positive thing. And I, I say uh, thank you, Dr. King, for giving me the opportunity to be where I am today, because if you wouldn't be out there fighting, I wouldn't be uh, the person that I am today because of growing up through that during that time period, witnessing all those things from the. 60s and 70s and 80s and even up to the day then you've done the right thing for making this country better yeah 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 wholeheartedly man i uh i think there were if i I remember correctly there are three things that dr king was very very um you know spoke out strongly against and that was racism uh the war at the time the war in vietnam was one of the things he he was spoke out strongly about and poverty and so racism is still going on. It's systemic. It's changed its view a little bit, but we still have racism going on. We need to combat that. We're still in a lot of, you know, needless wars and, and conflicts around the world. It's like, you know, we we need to get out of some of these things. And then people are still suffering, man. We had, we still have people in this country that are living below the poverty line. And what Corona has exposed is that that line is way, 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 way down. People are really struggling, uh, and Corona has revealed that. Yep. So had Dr. King lived, I, I, I agree with you, man. I think he would be out here on the front lines, you know, still marching, still advocating, still fighting for the for the little man. And he, it wasn't just black people. And I think people misunderstand, you know, when when this holiday comes around, there's always a faction of people who feel that, well, it's a black holiday. And it's like, dude, you, you if, if you think that, you really don't know what uh, Dr. King stood for because he was an advocate for all people. And uh, that's what we need to try to remember, man. So the, the divisions that are going on today, the, the hate and the anger, and like you said, a certain faction of people in this country, in my view, they... They're they're good with democracy as long as it's their democracy and the way they want democracy to be. But if you don't look like them, they don't want you to have a say so in democracy. And they realize now that, as you said earlier, the country is changing and they realize that, like, you know, at some point uh, we're not going to be the top dogs anymore. And so um, that's a reality. And I think if Dr. King had lived, he would still be out there on the front lines, you know, um, and still fighting for the rights of everyone that is being disenfranchised. And so like you, I'm grateful uh, for what Dr. King did, putting his life on the line uh, so that we can be on these airwaves. We've we've lived the lives that we've led because of the opportunities that he and other people during that time frame, they marched. They were beaten. A lot of them died. They were jailed, whatnot. We're here because of that. So I'm grateful for that. And, um, you know, we got to keep pushing forward because this is this is a this is going to be a long struggle, long struggle, man. And we, we got to still got a long ways to go to 
to see things heal and and get us to that um, you know to that dream that he talked about. We're we're we've done good, but we can do a lot better than we're doing. So that's my yep. take on it. That's my yep. take on it. So. That said, um, we're going to wrap up the broadcast for tonight. Again, we appreciate you joining us, checking us out. And uh, we're here every Sunday night doing our thing. We say it like we see it, and uh, that's the way we're going to keep rolling here in 2021. So that said, I am going to sign off as I usually do, remembering the memory of Chadwick Boseman as uh, King T'Challa, and it's Wakanda forever. Very well, very well. And I'll say Chiliamo Dopo. We're out. Like three strikes.